listening to a Sharesies podcast. It's Friday the 10th of December. This is Recap, made for you by Sharesies. Sharesies, if you didn't know, is a wealth development platform where our purpose is to create financial empowerment for everyone. And you know what's coming next, it's the financial disclaimer. Investing involves risk. You aren't guaranteed to make money and you might lose the money you started with. Any information we provide is general only and current at the time. If you're looking for help with your investment choices, we recommend talking to a licensed financial advice provider. G'day there, Alice. Hey, Jose. How are you on this fine Friday? I'm, I'm well, thanks. I'm actually just sweating a, a buckets here because this room's really hot. I have to close it for the, all the windows when we record because we're right by the um, the main thoroughfare here in here in West Auckland. Uh, well, once again in Wellington, it is nice and <laughs> rainy, so I'm still waiting actually for summer to start. Um, you'll get there. You just 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 think positive thoughts. You'll get there. It might be sometime in 2022. <laughs> probably. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I'm apart from that, I am excited because there's so much good stuff on the show today. Uh, you're talking to someone from the NZX, I believe, Jose. Uh, that's absolutely true. I am talking to Sarah, who's a manager over there, about the highlights of 2021 on the exchange. And hopefully we won't even get a glimpse of what's, hap- what's planned, actually, for 2022. But we're also be announcing the winner of our amazing 100 episode giveaway today. Yeah, I can't wait for that, uh, but we have to. We'll announce the winner at the very end of the show. Uh, but for now, let's take a look and see what's been happening in the news. Great, cool. Why do you start us off, Alice? Sure thing. So a proposed merger was announced today between two listed tourism companies. Very interesting. Please tell me more. Uh, well, Tourism Holdings announced this morning that it's entered into a conditional agreement to merge with Apollo Tourism and Leisure. So Tourism Holdings is listed on the New Zealand Stock Exchange, and the company operates across New Zealand, Australia and the US, as well as uh, part-owning a subsidiary in the UK. Now, a large part of its business is renting and selling camper vans. Meanwhile, Apollo Tourism and Leisure is listed on the Australian Stock Exchange and deals a lot in the RV space, so renting and selling motorhomes, campervans and caravans. Cool. So tell me more about this merger. What is the rationale for it? So Tourism Holdings said in its announcement today that the proposed merger would create a global leader in the commercial RV rental market. Uh, Both companies pointed to the merger being a strategic fit. Uh, As Apollo's managing director explained, the two businesses have similar operations and like-minded cultures. On top of that, the companies referenced synergies, which in the finance world basically means that the potential value of the combined companies is greater than uh, if the companies were as two standalone businesses. So they might benefit from uh, like greater efficiencies in the business or being able to reduce certain costs. And how would the deal work? Well, Tourism Holdings would acquire all of the outstanding shares in Apollo. Now, this would involve each Apollo shareholder receiving one Tourism Holdings share for around every 3.68 Apollo shares that they own. Now, following the merger, that means that Tourism Holdings shareholders would represent 75% of the company's ownership, with the Apollo shareholders making up the remaining 25%. Now, as you said, Apollo is listed on the ASX, but Tourism Holdings is listed on the NZX. What does that mean for Apollo shareholders? 
That's a good question. Well, as Tourism Holdings CEO uh, Grant Webster said, uh, the merger would also pave the way for Tourism Holdings to dual list on the Australian Stock Exchange, uh, which would enable Apollo shareholders to be unaffected by the transition. And you also said right at the start that the deal is conditional. What's it conditional on? A whole range of things, actually. So first, it remains subject to approval by Apollo shareholders, as well as finalising funding arrangements for the merged company. On top of that, there's a whole range of different approvals needed. Uh, This includes court and regulatory approvals, both in Australia and in New Zealand, uh, and competition clearance as well. Uh, Now, Tourism Holdings said that the approvals would likely take until at least the start of the second quarter of next year. And anything else to to detail from the announcement today? Uh, Well, in a a separate announcement this morning, Tourism Holdings also gave a market update. Uh, In it, the company signalled that its net profit after tax for the first half of its 2022 financial year will be below what it was a year ago uh, due to ongoing travel restrictions in New Zealand and Australia and the US summer season performing below expectations. Uh, Then looking to the second half of the 2022 financial year, Tourism Holdings said that the outlook for New Zealand and Australia remains uncertain, but the company does expect uh, its half-year results to be above those of the prior year. And finally, how have Tourism Holdings and Apollo's share prices reacted to the news today? Uh, so at the moment, markets are still open for the day, but at the time of recording, Tourism Holdings' share price is up about 5.3%, uh, while Apollo's share price is up about 24% for the day. Thanks very much, Alice. Time to head to Italy now because regulators there have slapped Amazon with a fairly hefty fine. So we have seen a bit of a trend this year of regulators, particularly in Europe, focusing on the big tech giants. Uh, What has Amazon been fined for? Okay, so the Autorita Garantie della Concorrenza, El de Mercado, or the Competition and Market Authority, have fined Amazon 1.8 billion New Zealand dollars. And the AGCM doled out the fine because it alleges that the company abused and misused its market dominance. So how does the AGCM claim Amazon is doing that? Well, it says potentially there's a couple of things Amazon is doing which will harm competitors in the market. So if you're a seller on Amazon, there's a whole bunch of services the company tries to sell you. And one of those is Fulfillment by Amazon or FBA. And this is basically a service where Amazon handles the logistics of getting your stuff to your customers. But it's tied to a bunch of exclusive benefits like the Prime label, which boosts your product's visibility. So is Prime like paying to have your items placed at eye level in the supermarket aisle or, you know, sitting by the checkout? Exactly right. But the difference here is that the AGCM says Amazon doesn't allow sellers to associate the Prime label with offers not managed by FBA. In other words, to get that Prime label, which can be a real help to your sales, you've got to use FBA. Now, the AGCM says this is forcing sellers to use Amazon's fulfillment service over other independent operators. So the authority says apart from the fine, it will also impose corrective steps that will be subject to review by a monitoring trustee. And what's been Amazon's response to this? Well, Amazon says it strongly disagrees with the fine and the monitoring solution. Its argument is that they help small to medium businesses and that FBA is an optional service. Uh, For their part, Amazon says it will appeal the decision. 
And on top of this, Amazon was in the news earlier this week, right? Yeah, they certainly were. Their cloud computing unit was hit with an outage that took down a whole bunch of services and websites. Now, this is the AWS or Amazon Web Services. And while it was down, it impacted sites like Netflix, Disney+, Coinbase, McDonald's, Tinder, which would have been annoying, and affected uh, Amazon's own warehousing and delivery services. Such a big year for just about everyone and everything, it seems. Uh, So now that we're nearly at the end, it feels like a good place to take stock. Totally. And on that buzz, I decided to get in touch with Sarah Minhinik. She is the General Manager of Capital Markets at the NZX or the uh, the NZX Equity Market, to give it its full name. And I wanted to know uh, from her what kind of year 2021 has been for the New Zealand Stock Exchange. Uh, Talk about some of their highlights and even give us a peek into what they've got planned for 2022. But first off, I asked her to give me an overview of what exactly the NZX does. So NZX is actually more than 150 years old, so it's a really old institution. And we operate New Zealand's equity, debt, funds, derivatives and energy markets. So quite a wide remit um, and we provide trading, clearing, settlement, depository and data services and we also own smart shares which is currently New Zealand's only issuer of uh, listed exchange traded funds or ETFs you might have heard them called Yeah. Uh, and smart shares actually recently became a default QSaver provider as well. Um, as well as that we also have a subsidiary called NZX Wealth Technologies which is an online asset manager platform. The main reason for getting you, uh, having a chat with you today is to talk about the year that has been, 2021. I was literally just looking at some old stuff I did in 2020, which was kind of going like, phew, what a year. But 2021 has been sort of like twice that, I think. What have been kind of like the highlights uh, for the NZX for you at least? Yeah, 2021 has been quite a year. I think when we started 2021, we thought, oh, you know, it's going to be so much easier than 2020. (laughs) We kind of made it through COVID and um, that hasn't really aged very well, has it? Um, The highlights for us this year, though, and we've had a lot, um, I think certainly in the number of new listings. So we've had nine new companies join NZX um, for a combined total market cap of over $5 billion. Um, So that's been super exciting seeing all of them ring the bell. It's been awesome to see real diversity in those listings across all the sectors. So um, we recently welcomed Trade Window as our first blockchain company. Um, we've had automotive, logistics, food industries coming on. Um, we've got Winton Land coming up next week, which should be over a billion in market cap. So it's it's been really exciting. And I, I think too, you know, one of the themes in 2020 and Sharesies was a big part of that was just you know, the retail market really re-engaged with the share market as we sort of entered into the pandemic. And when we came into 2021, we were sort of thinking, oh, you know, will will we see as much retail um, investor participation through this year? And it's been really awesome to see, you know, that keep going, um, really strong liquidity, um, really good retail participation. You know, it's been really great to see the brokers, um, including Sharesies, supporting that. And then I would say another highlight for us has also been um, just how we as an exchange have been engaging with the retail investors. Um, so we run regular webinars or every fortnight we get two or three of our companies on to talk about their story. Um, and we've had, you know, 10,000 plus retail investors tuning into those. Um, we've been doing sort of spotlight videos to talk about different company stories. Um, and then the last thing I would say 
that's a big highlight would have been um, the launch of our ETS trading scheme, so um, carbon trading effectively, which has been really great to see. You mentioned new listings. Um, quite a few of those, of, of the recent listings at the very least, uh, you know, like Trade Window or Green Fern, they've done direct listings instead of initial public offerings. Uh, do you expect to see the direct listing r- r- route become more popular? Yes, we do expect to see the direct listing route become more popular. Um, so a direct listing is when a company lists on the stock exchange without actually raising capital at the time of the listing. So you know, once they list, their shares become tradable, there's liquidity from the listing date, but they wait a while to raise new capital. And that's in contrast to an IPO where you're raising capital at the time that you list on the exchange. Um, and the reason why we think that will, well, there's several reasons why we think that companies will um, pursue that listing. Um, first, you know, some companies do want to list on the stock exchange before they really need capital. You know, they might have raised a bunch of capital in pre-listing rounds, you know, through their Series A, Series B, pre-listing um, capital rounds. So for those companies, it's attractive. Um, and also we changed the rules last year so that when you're doing a direct listing, you don't have to provide what's called prospective financial information, which is essentially a forecast of what your future performance is going to be. So that can be very attractive for companies. Um, for example, if they've got really high growth rates, you know, that can be a really hard thing to forecast if the if the business is going very well or if there's a lot of uncertainty, which of course during COVID times, it's really hard for pretty much any business to um, know what's around the corner at the moment. And then the other reason is that it is quite a cost-effective way for companies to come to market. So that's always attractive. What else is on the cards for 2022? Like what's, what's, give us a peek. Well, we are uh, optimistic about 2022. We've got a strong pipeline of activity across all of the categories, equity funds and debt. Um, I mean, things I can talk about because they've been in the media, you know, we would love to see, the Fonterra IPO of the Australian assets. We'd love to see Armstrong um, Motors. Um, we'd love to see Two Degrees come back. You know, that deal was paused when um, they entered into merger talks with Vocus. And, um, you know, obviously I don't know if it will come back or, or if it won't, but we would love to love to have it. Um, Trade Me has also been in the media uh, talking about a potential return to NZX, which is exciting. Um, and look, we're, we're working on and hoping for some other things that aren't public yet, so I can't mm-hmm. give too much away. Um, the other things that I would say for 2022 that we're hoping to see, I mean, there's been a really good focus on ESG generally this year. So, you know, things that are um, environmentally friendly, essentially. So we're we're hoping to see more growth in the ESG sector across a range of products like green bonds um, and some other things there. Um, and then I guess on a more macro level for 2022, like everyone else, we're you know, keeping a close watch on interest rates, on inflation, on what's happening with COVID. So I think all of those things will be big drivers as well. So now the time has come for us to announce the winner of our 100th episode giveaway. Uh, you'll remember that to go into the draw for our $100 Shares gift and a pair of Sony noise-cancelling headphones, you had to answer a simple question on the Sharesies Instagram account. That's exactly right. The question was, what investing news stories or trends have you found interesting this year? Um, and we got a lot of entries, Alice. I'll just run through some of the things that people found really interesting this year. Uh, some people uh, said they found Rocket Lab, obviously, listing, and the NASDAQ was really interesting and of interest in them. Allbirds, the Allbirds IPO, of course. Uh, Tesla and Elon Musk are mainly just kind of 
his personality getting going out there and spewing all over the headlines. Uh, supply chain disruptions as well. A couple of people brought that up. Uh, one person quoted, crazy how widespread the impact has been, and they're absolutely right on that. One person at least was interested in um, toilet updates on Rooster, which I was kind of you know really happy to see. But number one a story by far was, uh, of course, GameStop and AMC. Uh, that was a biggie for a lot of people. Yeah, when you look at it like that, it's it's been a year, hasn't it? Uh, So thank you to everyone who has entered, uh, but there can only be one winner. And the winner of the 100th Recap episode giveaway is uh, Joseph Sockpass. Yes, congratulations, Joseph. Hopefully we've got uh, the pronunciation of your name there. Apologies if we haven't. Uh, Joseph has been contacted and they were actually listening to Recap when they got the news. So we couldn't have asked for a more loyal winner. Once again, Joseph, congratulations. Enjoy the headphones and that shares his gift. That means it's the end of the show. That was Recap for the 10th of December. And as always, you can give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to get in touch, our email is recap at sharesies.co.nz. And you can also leave a voice message. Uh, There's a link to that in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Well, we won't actually. We'll see you next week. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Tadahina. See you then. Bye. Oh, no, it's too hot. It's too hot.